podcasting from the great state of Texas, home to cowboys, boots, and stars that are big and bright, comes a podcast host that sparkles wherever she goes. This is Gums and Gossip. She's the dental educator behind the mask and the hygienist with a lot of heart. Ready to share her advice, her stories, and her special guests from the other side of the dental chair. And now, here's your host, Hope Lloyd. Welcome, everybody, to Gums and Gossip Podcast. I am Hope. I'm your gum goddess podcaster. And I have a very special guest on our show, and it's Jeremy Gandy. And he is a multi-award winning artist with deep-rooted love for tattooing out of Dallas, Texas area. That's right. That's right specializes in sacred geometry, blackboard tattoos, SMB, scalp micropigmentation, male pattern baldness, and he has quite an experience. So I welcome you to the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So I know that you have an experience in your chair, and I welcomed you on the the show because I have an experience in my chair. I feel like the dental community and the tattoo world we kind of link together a little bit, you know, with needles. Yes, they're so closely related. Absolutely. And you have a chair and you have to actually sometimes calm people down too. And you have therapy as well, right? That's right. That's Absolutely. exactly right. <laughs> Tell my audience a little bit. How did you get started? Tell everyone a little bit about you. So I first started tattooing about 2007 or so. Uh, kind of went about it the wrong way. I actually first started tattooing out of my house. I uh, did that for several years, and then I decided to pursue an apprenticeship. So, you know, it was pretty hard for me to uh, make the decision because I had a career already. I had my tools. I had the knowledge. I was running crews, and I had to make the decision to, you know, do I pursue something that I love and I'm passionate about and possibly make no money for the first couple of years? And I had a baby at this time. Um, or stay comfortable with a nine to five, a paycheck, insurance, and all those things. So it was, it was pretty hard to decide to follow my passion. Um, but once I did, I never looked back. It's been an amazing journey. I think that's awesome. So what were you before? I did HVAC. I did uh, heating and air conditioning. Oh, wow. So you're very knowledgeable in all kinds of things, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I am sure you're a handy man, so... Yeah, somewhat. Don't ask my wife that. She wouldn't tell you that, though. Educate a little bit. Somebody comes into the studio. Do you prep people beforehand, or is it something that they they guide you? Explain, like, your experience of what somebody would go through to get a tattoo. Sure. So, first off, I'm at a private studio, so we don't do walk-ins. Um, everybody there is appointment only. So you first have to have a consultation. We go over just briefly, um, what you're wanting to do, how big the details and all that. Um, and then of course I have a rundown personally because, you know, I don't do just everyday tattoos. I don't do regular tattoos, you know, and I do a lot of stuff that, you know, make people want to sit down and kind of gain their composure before they finish realizing what they're looking at, you know? So it is a whole experience in itself to come to our studio and to get tattooed by us. So it's not just some, like, drunk guy off the street that can just come in and, and get a tat? <laughs> no, no. And, in fact, um, even when we give the directions to the studio, people still get lost. Like, where is this taking me? <laughs> Hell. So, yeah, some drunk guy is not going to find the studio. Nobody's just going to walk in the door and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
How did you learn to do tattoos? So, I guess learning and doing are two different things. So, I started out learning on my own initially, mm-hmm. you know, and once it progressed, I decided to pursue it full time. You know, I wanted to do an apprenticeship. I wanted to be around real artists. Um, from that time forward is where I consider me actually starting my journey, you know. Um, but previous to that, I was all self-taught, you know. And I do mm-hmm. have one specific mentor that I followed. But at the same time, I had 9, 10, 12 other people throughout the years that mentored me and uh, had an effect on what I do now. So there's no, it's not necessarily like any kind of, it's not a degree. It's something that you, as an artist, you learn and you can create by experimentation, kind of. Did you do it on your own, you said, on your own body? So I never really worked on myself. It was all, you know, close friends and family. But as far as a degree goes, what would you consider a degree? Is it from a, you know, a college Mm -hmm. or is it, you know, a piece of paper that somebody prints off for you? Because especially in my industry, in the cosmetic tattooing industry, there's a lot of people who are teaching that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's barbers, there's cosmetologists, there's makeup artists, there's, you know, all these people that are wanting to learn how to do scalp micropigmentation and um, also learn cosmetic tattooing. Explain how with the micro, the tattooing, I guess, with male pattern baldness and all that. Explain what all that is, because I had no idea. I, I read a little bit about you. Sure. But <laughs> yeah, so scalp micropigmentation is the process of replicating the hair follicles at the base level. And basically, I use a specific tattoo machine and specific pigments to do the job. Um, but for in the case of male pattern baldness, we can recreate it to look like a full head of hair just buzzed. So we can also uh, create scare, uh, scar camouflaging. Um, that's one thing that's been really beneficial wow. about the scalp aesthetics. It's been really amazing. So how many treatments is it something that's treating one one visit or is it something that's over time or something? How does that work? Sure. So it's typically a three stage process. Um, you go in and build the first series of uh, impressions. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, you go in and build more impressions and add density to what you're doing. And then the third one is for any touch-ups, you know, maybe going a little bit darker in some areas, fading down into the sides. Uh, Every case is just so unique, so it really depends on the person. So then do people have to wear, if they go to the beach or something, do they have to wear a hat or something so it doesn't fade, or is it? (laughs) Well, honestly, it's an investment, and you got to treat it as such, right? So what I recommend to my clients is anytime, once it's completely healed, Anytime you're going to be on the sun for an, expen- an exponential amount of time, maybe put sunscreen on it. Maybe wear a hat for an hour out of the five hours you're on the beach, you know. Um, certain things will help protect it. But aside from that goes, it's meant to kind of fade a little bit, right? Yeah. So the whole idea is so that it gives the illusion of a full head of hair. Um, but, you know, in cases like that, you got to protect your investment. Absolutely. So needles, let's get to the needles part of it, because I know with the audience, I find it interesting in my chair that I feel like, and I could, this is a generic statement, (laughs) but I feel like people who have tattoos are so adamant about not going to the dentist because they fear the needle of the dentist. That's true. (laughs) And they pass out because of the needles. And I think it's so ironic because here you are, you have needles. Is there, 
I know y'all use, I think, do you use tack? What do you use, like, to help with the numbing and all that? You have numbing cream, right? Tack is amazing, and I actually love um, the tattoo anesthetic cream. Um, but I found other things work a little bit better. And honestly, unless it's going to be a really major piece, I don't even recommend numbing cream. Okay. Nothing numbing. Because you're going to get to the state where maybe you don't feel it for the first couple hours. But as soon as that wears off and then you feel the pain of the tattoo, it's like shock hits your body, right? Yeah. So I kind of try to reserve that for special occasions. Um, but people who are adamant about it, they have to bring their own, basically. Oh, so they can bring, like, what they fulfill their own little... Um, right. In the state yeah. of Texas, it's actually illegal for tattooers to use numbing agents. Oh, wow. No matter whether it's a cream... Um, or spray, uh, they don't want you using it. Interesting. So even on the scalp and everywhere, I would think that would be a pretty sensitive. What do you think is the most sensitive area? Ooh, I've had a couple sensitive areas. <laughs> uh, my palm being one of the worst. Yeah. Uh, my ribs were pretty brutal, but it's all relative to the person. You know, I've seen women get full side pieces and then laugh hysterically through the whole thing. Wow, so they think it tickles or what? Most women do. You guys have really? a, women have a higher threshold for pain. We just gotta admit that right now. That's really that's it is interesting because I do feel like sometimes men can be a little bit babies in the chair for even in the dental office. Absolutely. It's, yeah. The bigger the guy, the more they cry whenever they get in the chair. Well, and it's <laughs> funny, I don't know, with your dental experiences and everything, are you afraid of the dentist? I used to be. I used to be okay. terrified of going to the dentist. You did? I did. So what was your fear? Was it the needles? Um, You know, for me personally, my parents never did anything with my teeth whenever I was younger. And so I've always hated my teeth. And once I got to, you know, younger adulthood, um, it was still just a huge phobia, uh, even after getting fully tattooed. So I was one of those people at one point that you know, dentists and hygienists would laugh at, like, are you serious? Look at this guy. Exactly. Got face tattoos, and you're scared to be here now? So it's funny because I've seen a lot of tattoos, facial-wise. I've seen the lip tattoos. I've seen tongues tattooed. The palette. Have you ever done a palette one before? No, not for me. I, you know, I, I've seen the, um, I, I don't know how sensitive the palate one would be, because even given like a palatal injection and everything, mm, yeah. that one little shot, people like, you know, flinch. Right. And I can't even imagine having one on the roof of your mouth. Right. Yeah, I couldn't imagine either. No, and it I might got, be more sensitive than your palm. I've got, I mean, my <laughs> navel is tattooed, uh, my palm is tattooed, my face is tattooed. I could not imagine doing something on the palate or the tongue. Yeah. I mean... So I think what's really funny, I don't know if you've seen this, but somebody in California, and I don't really know in Texas, but this is a case that was in California, she had tattoos on her teeth, and they were called tattoos. Mm -hmm. I believe it. People were doing some strange things, you know, but I've seen people tattoo fingernails, and I mean, I, you can literally tattoo anything. I've seen people tattoo the, the bottoms of their feet and their soles, and that's something that I can't get over either. I'm like... I, under, I understand, like, why you're wanting to, but going through that, I just couldn't understand it. I don't know. I mean, the bottom of feet, that would be really, that would be crazy because even just having to walk, like, the next day on something, I mean, I don't know how you would even function. You'd have to be in bed or no? Well, honestly, getting my palm done, it was so brutal getting it done, but afterwards, it wasn't bad. 
you know. Yeah. I tattooed for the next, you know, a couple weeks after I got it done. So. So have you counted how many tattoos you have? So actually I stopped counting tattoos and started counting hours. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Is there something so I have heard I don't have any tattoos, but my son does. And it's funny because he told me and other people have told me once you get a tattoo, it's like you're trying to figure out where else you can get a tattoo. It's like an addiction. It is. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the most addicting part is you go through such, you know, such little bit of pain. Right. And then two weeks later, you forget all about what it felt like. And then you have this amazing piece, you know, to memorialize for the rest of your life. Has there been anyone who's like really come in and they've regret what they get? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, people regret it. It's a thing. But I think now with laser removal and, uh, you know, there's so many other facets to remove tattoos that uh, the regret part doesn't have to stay regrettable. Right. So is the with the lasers and everything, I know we use lasers in dentistry as well. Is that lasers, is that more painful to get it removed than it would be to actually put it on you? Sure, but that's that's one of those things where it's like there's no take backsies, right? Like right? You, you went through it, you had this experience. <laughs> if you don't like it anymore, you gotta do something more extreme now. And that's part of the, you know, permanentness of the tattoo. So yeah. uh, I personally uh, specialize in cover ups, love covering up old tattoos. Wow. Yeah, I love it. It's so unique. Uh, a lot of people don't want to do it because it's hard. Um, but where there's a will, there's a way. Is there a certain color that's like more stinging than others? Is it like with black versus red? Um, I think if you would ask anybody, they would say the white hurts the worst. Really? Why is that? Do you know? <laughs> Um, mainly because once you finish the tattoo and you get to the white outlines and the, the highlights and stuff, you know, whether it be two hours, 10 hours, 12 hours into a session, you know, now you got to, you know, take a break and let's really get this white in there. So, wow. So what about, okay, let me give you seasons. I know we have dental seasons where it gets really busy at the end of the year. Everybody wants to cash in their insurance and do yeah. everything else. Yeah. Do you have seasons like, is Christmas a busy season for you? Or is there seasons that in the summertime people like not as much or what's your season? Well, there used to be established seasons, right? But now there's so many tattooers and so many different types of clients wanting so many different things, right? Um, that I think, obviously, during the summer, most people were in Texas. Most people want to be at the lake, at the beach. You know, they're traveling for vacation. So that's not the best time to get tattooed. However, there still are people that will come in and get tattooed, right? So um, with me not being at a walk-in shop, we are appointment only and our clients really come to us, you know, as they see fit. So once I start working on a piece, it might be a whole arm sleeve and I'm kind of knocking them out every three to four weeks at a time until they're complete. So once so I, they take a pause, is it like they do a pause with it? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to be on vacation or traveling then we'll take a little break, but most of my clients are dedicated. Yeah. So you know, once you sign up, you're on the train and you got to you got to keep that train. You going. just keep going That's because right. it needs to look awesome. That's and right. I know you do awesome work. Yeah. So thank you so much. <laughs> yes. So has there been one that's been like maybe that's puzzled you the most? Like what's like a weird one that somebody just came in and you're like, oh, dear God, no. 
Ooh, okay. <laughs> this is this is a good question. Um, I think probably the most complicated tattoo I've ever had to put together. You know, this young woman came in. She wanted this exact piece. And, of course, I do custom tattooing, so I got to make it unique for the client, mm -hmm. but also in my style. So once we go over the concept, I'm building it, and then, you know, I bring it to her, and she tells me, no, I want this exact thing. She wants what she drew, you know, and it's kind of hard to tell somebody, I'm not going to do that, you know. That's <laughs> going That's going to look horrible. <laughs> But you know what? I pushed through this tattoo. We did several sessions. I, I was thinking it looked so amazing. And at the very end, she dropped a bomb on me. She just said no? She wanted to change, you know, most of the tattoo. And when I explained to her that's not going to look right, um, I don't think we should do it. You know, for about 30 or 45 minutes, I, I argued this point to her. And she just wanted it done. Wow. So I said, okay, so, okay all right, I'll do it. it. You want it done? Let's do it. <laughs> and and it's it pains me because I don't like tattoos that I do on people for them to feel regret mm -hmm. or, you know, like a, a loss of words for what they have. And this young lady came back to me after it was healed and said, I don't like this. Oh, wow. So she probably said, you're right. <laughs> I did exactly what she wanted me to <laughs> at the tail end of it. You know, and it just felt like, like Here, a, yeah. Wow. Do you so? Do you like doing like the ones in the mouth at all? Like, do you with the lips? Nothing like that. I'll do lips occasionally, only for close friends and family, but they just don't heal up well. Yeah. You know, there's just no way it's gonna heal up perfectly, even though it's one of the fastest healing tattoos. Um, it's just such weird tissue. Yeah. Do you mind? I know like even around the eye area, I would think that would be really sensitive as well. Um, you know, just any of the facial stuff to me, I would think, you know, somebody would really have to put some deep thought into what they're going to put on them. On Correct. their face, Correct. right? Because you can cover up. It's almost like you have sleeves or something like that. You can always cover things up. <laughs> but on the face, it's like, okay, everybody recognizes that's you. That's right. You know, that's right. But oddly enough, you know, I've had microblading done and I mm -hmm. felt like that was more painful than the tattoos that I have on my face. Wow. What about let's go to bleeding. OK, so, you know, gums can bleed and, and things like that, as you know, with periodontal disease and gum disease and all that. And, you know, obviously we take precautions. Right. You have your gloves and, and all that. Correct. Do you have like. Has anyone been like a gusher? Like, I know in my chair, people have been pretty big. You know, I don't know if you go over medical history or not. When you get a tattoo, do you have to go over medical history? Like, what medicines are you on in case you bleed out? Or how does that work? So not necessarily about medical history. Most people, if they have a problem like uh, epilepsy or, you know, something that's going to um, affect their bleeding throughout a tattoo, uh, iron deficiency, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, most people will tell us, you know, but there's not somebody that's going to come in and tell you, hey, I have HIV. Yeah. You know, um, hey, I have hepatitis. So and that's something that's going to be hard to ask each client, too, you know. And in fact, if if in our industry, if they write it down on that paper, right, that they're signing, mm -hmm. we cannot turn them away because yeah. of that reason, you know. But as far as gushing, I don't have really people that that gush out like crazy. But the thing is, is people and even nurses that come into my studio, I've seen are so like, 
uh, like they'll touch their tattoo, they'll touch everything else. It, you know, it's just it's amazing um, how people don't think about certain things. You know, and I'm OCD about cleanliness right. and sterilization and cross contamination. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest problems that I've had through COVID mm-hmm. is my mind goes crazy with this kind of stuff. Um, but your everyday people that were allowed to stay open, Jack in the Box, you know, Walmart, Targets, uh, Kroger's, all these people, they're not thinking about cross-contamination and sterilization. Yeah, you know, and I, true. I was actually kicked out of a few businesses because I asked people to change their gloves, you know, and they looked at me and said, oh, that's why I have hand sanitizer. Like, all right, well, use that then. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> if you're going to do it. I mean, it did become a really interesting topic with COVID times because in the dental field, we had, you know, shutdowns. In tattoo world, it's not that it, even like hairdressers and, and other people that were just your, your normal nail, nail care or whatever. Right. It was a shutdown for everybody because everybody was really worried about having, you know, to go to the hospital and you can't breathe and this and that. We all have families. And it wasn't necessarily about people wanting, you know, not wanting to die. It was just how are we going to help and function and help each other, right? Right. So here you are in the tattoo world and everything happens. Did you have people that would come and say, hey, can we just come to your house? (laughs) (laughs) I did have a lot of people offer, you know. Um, but that's not something I'm interested in. I have two daughters and, uh, even through the first stages of it it was really scary for everybody. So, uh, of course I just wanted to protect that first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, uh, my wife came out the, on top really through COVID because I just worked on her leg most of the time. You did? (laughs) That's so funny. We're locked in together. What are you going to do? I know. know? You're like, I got to still work. I got to figure this out. (laughs) So tell me, you have family. How yes. many kids do you have? I have two kids. Two kids. How old are they? They are almost 15 and 8. So what would be the age where you would think, okay, they can get a tattoo? 18. That's your your limit of 18? That's what I told my son. The minute he was like 18, he was, yeah, he was like, I'm going to go get a tattoo. Yeah, and I was actually a body piercer for a long time before I tattooed. So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll pierce my daughters, but as far as tattoo goes... That's the law in Texas. Yeah. That's what we're going to go by. You're going by 18. So, (laughs) you know, that's fair. That's totally fair. What do you think? I guess nobody has come in, like I said, intoxicated because you have pre-planning and all that. Um, Do you ever have anything where you've had a mistake, where you've actually gone and go, ooh, I I shouldn't have done that? Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, that's the case sometimes, but... Uh, that's kind of what separates the good tattooers from uh, the great tattooers. Honestly, you know, people make mistakes, but the great mm-hmm. tattooers, you can hide it without noticing, right? So. You do. <laughs> so I used to, I had a patient of mine, and he would put in, he loved Elvis, okay? And so he painted, he was he was an artist, and he painted murals, like all these murals and different things. And somewhere in the mural, he would put Elvis, you know, where you couldn't barely see him or you would do something, you know. Yes. But he always had like a secret little Elvis. Do you have like a secret thing that you have the Jeremy Gandy like little symbol or something in your tattoo somewhere <laughs> that you can hide? <laughs> so I've actually had a couple of close friends I've tattooed over the years that asked me to put my uh, signature inside the tattoo somewhere. So I have done that. 
uh, for close friends of mine. But as far as kind of hiding stuff, I think my signature mark is really just the geometric patterns and, uh, and mandalas that I do. You do. So what got you into, that was just something that evolved into the geometry, into doing all those little things. You just started, your mind started thinking, hey, I could be doing something more geometrical or what? Yeah, so actually uh, my interest in it kind of peaked first, getting a little bit more knowledge on uh, some of the stuff, the patterns and what they represent and um, how many different religions the stuff goes through too. It's amazing. Interesting. So once I started... Uh, you know, expanding my knowledge on this stuff a little bit more, started having my mentors tattoo it on me more. This was stuff that they didn't even really do at the time, you know, uh, and they just said, yeah, sure, we'll make it work. So I started getting these massive geometric pieces. And then once I started implementing them into my work, of course, people seeing it on me, they have no doubt that I'm, you know, the best guy in the world because obviously my tattoos look great. And I think people that associate if you have good tattoos and you're a tattooer, then you're just a great tattooer. Yeah. Which isn't always the case, but in my case, it is. It is. You're, <laughs> as I said, you're awesome. Not I to think. toot my own horn, but you, thank you. You can toot it. <laughs> I toot my own horn, too. I feel like I'm, I'm the best hygienist. You Sometimes know? <laughs> you have to. You got to recognize, you know, great things in your life and what you're doing. So. Yeah. I used to not be like that. I used to actually think, you know, I guess I was taught that, you know, worth and everything, but now... It's the more comfortable you get and the more um, you're relatable to people and you get the more of the confidence. Right. And it just comes with time because, you know, 20 years ago, there's no way I'd be sitting here on a podcast and they're talking to somebody who's doing tattoos, right? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, is there something that people have to wear? Is, is Like when, I guess when they're doing different things and all that, I mean, they have to be careful, like what they're wearing and doing, and and all that aftercare. Give some give some examples of aftercare. Yeah, so as far as aftercare goes, now we use a medical bandage called um, Saniderm. Um, there's several different uh, options in this uh, medical bandage, right? But previously it was used for burn victims and stab wound victims. Wow. And now we're using it to heal tattoos in the best ways possible. So literally the aftercare now is pretty minimal. You just don't touch it. You leave it alone. You can shower with it. You leave it alone for like a week. It scabs, doesn't it? Is it a scab first? Sometimes it does, but with this medical bandage, it doesn't really scab either. I mean, you leave it on for four to six days, take it off, wash it really good. And I mean, it's just money. Ah, wow. It's amazing. You know, technology has really come a long way. I know since you've been tattooing, have you noticed that... There's been more advancements in the tattoo world? Tremendously. There's been a huge leap in advancements. Yeah. So do you do um, like continuing education where you have to like keep evolving your techniques or new things or you see things at the the shows? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So I used to travel quite a bit for tattoo conventions. And I think most of my um, continued education is just really submerging myself around other artists. Um, that are better than I am or that I feel like have so much more talent than me. You Mm -hmm. know, um, there are people who do classes, um, and I think that's amazing. But for me, I'm kind of already in my own zone and kind of doing my own thing, you know. So Mm -hmm. learning little tips and tricks here and there is great. uh, But I kind of found my niche, and I've honed in on it. And I just, you know, every time I, I do a new piece, I feel like that's my most favorite piece. 
Wow. So what about ingredients? Because I know there's in all these people now, there's gluten intolerance, there's dairy intolerance, there's all these things. And I don't know what's in ink. I'm just making these up as sure, I go. Sure. But I know in the dental world, we actually have like in the in the profi paste that, you know, to polish and everything. And they'll it'll say gluten free, dairy free. You know, what I mean, it will say things <laughs> on there, which is really funny. It's not like it's toothpaste and stuff. Right. So, but you have to like be etiquette wise, you know, hey, this is going to be safe for you or no red dyes or something like that. Right. Do you ever have anybody like with allergies or what's in the ink? Do you know, is there something specific in the ink? It depends on the actual um, pigment. Right. Because each pigments are different and they used to be made differently. Um, but most of the inks that I use now or are, are vegan friendly. So and especially the aftercare, once you take the bandage off, um, I have a company that I'm sponsored by called Vitalitry. And uh, one of their main ingredients in their healing balm and in their soap is an indigenous root from a tree from South America. Wow. See, I had no idea. This is very enlightening for me because yes. now I, can, I feel so educated and, you know, on, on the whole tattoo world because I had no idea there's there's different things like that. So that's so cool. Yeah. And mm. I, I like to use a lot of vegan stuff because that's the most thing that people have asked for. Um, so as far as allergies go, I really don't experience much uh, except for, you know, the vegan lifestyle. Nobody's had an allergic reaction, like, while you did a tattoo? Um, so there have been recalls in inks, and sometimes that is a huge factor. Um, you know, if there's an actual uh, an ink company that, you know, there's a whole batch that goes out, and then they have to do a recall, it's because people come in from different skin irritations or allergic reactions to that type of pigment. Wow. Or the bacteria that was in it, you know? Right. When you do a tattoo, what is the longest tattoo that you have done? Like you've an hour wise. Um, that I've had done on me or my clients. Both. Here we'll go with both. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've had pretty serious ones too, so I'll go with both. Yeah. So my longest session I've had on me was probably about twelve hours straight, and taking a couple breaks in between. Um, but that's definitely the longest I've ever been under the needle. Um, as far as my clients go. The kind of work that I do is very intricate, um, very demanding, and it's hard to do, you know, longer sessions like 10 to 12 hours with what I'm doing because it'll just chew up the skin. Yeah. So I think for most of my clients, the threshold is anywhere from four to eight hours. And then when you when you talk cost, I mean, um, tattoos can be quite expensive. People think dental treatment is expensive, and, and they sit there and they complain so many times about, well, insurance doesn't cover this, or but they'll go get a tattoo that's like several thousand dollars or something. True. No, people act the same way in my industry, too. Um, but I think, for me, I price by the day rate or the half-day rate. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really like doing hourly or smaller sessions. Most of my stuff is going to be larger scale. So I'm very upfront about how much my sessions are and what to expect through this process. Yeah, I just think that's really cool. So as far as when you're talking to people, give the experience, give me the Jeremy Gandy experience when they walk in. Is there is there something that, I mean, because people probably, in my chair, I will tell you, it's, it is therapy. Yes. And to go back to that, people tell you everything. And you have probably seen, I know I have seen people who have had births, deaths, you know, you get attached to people, especially they're coming back to you. True. I see my patients, you know, every 
sometimes three to six months and you get close to people. So you get to see their families. You get to grow up with everybody. That's right. And to have that part of it, do you find that people talk when they, when they're having their tattoos or do you just stay focused on what you're doing? I think everybody's a little bit different. Some people just like to tune out everything. That's kind of how I am. I'd rather just put a pair of headphones on and just tune out the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of how I go into tattoo therapy. Um, But a lot of people, they love to talk and I'm all for that. I don't like to tattoo with headphones on because I feel like it's too impersonal, Mm -hmm. you know? So I kind of let it be in their court. Um, I get very into what I'm doing, so I'm not like a conversation starter, but I'm very good at keeping the conversations. So. Right. Well, you're very good now. I mean, Thank I have you. no worries. So I to go back to where we met, because I, I didn't talk about where we met. Mm-hmm. We actually met, so we're at Maker's Gym, and we're recording in the studio here. And there was a, a fellow person, Frank, who introduced me to you. Yes. And I just think it's so cool. I'm one of these people, I feel like you meet people for reasons. And I feel like you have connections with different people. And I felt instantly connected uh, to you. I mean, it it was just really cool because he gave me your name. I looked you up and I'm like, oh, he's perfect. He's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I was hoping the last time I had to reschedule that uh, you hadn't just moved on to another artist. Like, screw this guy. No, I've been waiting for you. Yeah, he was supposed to record and and his voice. I guess you were coughing and all that. So we were like, no, never mind. But I was like, we'll we'll get it one of these days. We'll do it. It worked out great. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to with needles, I'll kind of go back to the needles because that was like the main focus, I think, with everything. Are there different sizes that you actually like to penetrate into different areas and things like that? Definitely. There's so many different types of needles um, from the size, uh, the taper on the front of the needle, um, which type of machine you're using is relevant too. So uh, there's just so many different things to choose from. And I've really just found that... Um, You know, utilizing what you know is always going to benefit you. It's fun to try new things sometimes, but I just stick with what I know. Yeah. You know, once I find something I like, I only use that. And you just have, everybody just refers, I'm sure. They go in, they have their experience, and then they go, ooh, this is so cool, you know, and and then you get more calls back. So I'm sure you stay pretty busy, yeah? I stay pretty booked. I'm not as booked as some of the other people in the city um, who are doing what I'm doing, but at the same time, I have a family. I'm trying to build two other careers, and um, I I admire the downtime sometimes because, like, I get to focus on other things. Right. So. What about, so you're with your family and everything, how long, you've been married for how long? Been married for eight years. Eight years, Together you said. for okay. ten. Aww. Well, I just think it's cool. And she, I guess, does she do, she doesn't do anything in the tattoo world or? She does not. She actually tattooed me one time, our first trip to Denver. Uh, we got couples tattoos. And I thought, what a better experience. We're 14,000 feet in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do couple tattoos on each other, you know? <laughs> How funny. So she kind of got her, got her gist of. <laughs> she did. And because she's so covered in tattoos as well. And people just, mm-hmm. I think people like see the image in their head on my you know, uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever of her tattooing me. So everybody just assumes that she's a tattooer. That's really funny. I always think, and this is another generalized blanket statement, people who have tattoos that I notice 
are just some of the nicest. Like you would look at somebody and and it's so misperception, you know, of, of who people are. I feel like they're just some of the nicest people. And I don't know. It's just very humbling and, and just good, good natured people. I've never met anyone I would say who has you know, <laughs> but like I said, in the dental chair, they're a whole different ball game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to talk trash to your dentist or your hygienist, no. you know. But um, just like I think with every group uh, in this entire world, you're always going to find a rotten apple somewhere, right? Um, in that tree. But for the most part, you know, nowadays people get tattooed for the art. It's not like 30, 50 years ago where you're either a criminal or a sailor in the army. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. And now it's so popularized that everybody's doing it. Everybody wants to, you know, be a tattooer and get tattooed. Um, that just generally you find so many different people who have different flavors of tattoos. They you know? almost tell it's like a story. I feel like it's just telling a story on your body. Like when you look at your body, there's some story that's being shared and like people I've known, I can kind of go through and they're like, oh, I got this, like you said, in Colorado or I did yes. this, you know, with this. And it almost triggers like music, right? Like when you go through like musical tunes and different things like that, that right. you go back to that place right. when you look at your tattoo, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and that, that can be the case the majority of the time. A lot of people just get stuff just to get it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they didn't care what they got. Excuse me, yeah. they just wanted the artist yeah. uh, to work on them. Uh, maybe they were just in the moment with a friend, just said, hey, I just want some stupid thing with my friend. So, What about names? <laughs> Have you ever tattooed anybody's name on them? Yeah, and actually, I used to do quite a bit of names, and at one point I stopped, right? Um, but then I realized that they're just going to go to somebody else and get it done anyways. Right. You know, I had a friend of mine that wanted his girlfriend's name and I argued with him for about 45 minutes and actually talked him into getting a tattoo. And then two weeks later, he comes back and he had the name tattooed on him somewhere else anyways. Wow. See, I think because my name's Hope, I think it's a good tattoo, you know, to have like a just hope on you somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then if anything happened, you can get faith next to exactly. it and then love. You, know, and it's just you have hearts and <laughs> different things. You can work with all the different little symbols of different things. I don't know. Peace. Joy. Yeah. So, you know, at some point I just figured... I'm going to wake up, smell the coffee, and realize that, hey, if I do the name still, and then they come back to me to to cover it up later, like, I'm still winning, right? Exactly. That's a win-win. It is a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do when you're not tattooing, you're with family, and you like to travel, right? Yeah, I love traveling. I like riding, riding motorcycles. Um, you know, my kids are into sports, and I've always been in sports from a young age, so very involved with my family. Um, me and my wife has actually used uh, electronic music as therapy to kind of heal our relationship in our past. Wow. So, How does that work? Um, honestly, we've just created such a unique friend group, and uh, we call it the Soul Fam. And wow. um, everybody just collectively has gone through some rough stuff in their life and has changed their life and rebuilt it, their careers, their families, and everything. It's been so special to see these men and women, what they've done with their lives and how far they've come. And so when we come together collectively and get to go dance and have fun and, you know, spin lights and fire, it's like you're, you're literally just living life like a kid again. 
I love that because I I have learned, you know, you do have to go out of your box. I'm an out-of-the-box thinker, obviously. Yes. And <laughs> I love sharing stories. I love traveling and doing things, too. So I can totally relate to all that, you know, you're saying yes. because it's so important. I don't think people realize how important it is to just live your life. And I think after COVID times, Either people got really depressed mm -hmm. and they had no purpose. Right. But if you have a purpose, like, you know, I had my, and you have a purpose too, it made you, it pushed you almost to kind of go on, above and beyond right. what um, what you were capable of. Like you got out of your comfort zone a little bit. I got out of my comfort zone a right. lot. Right. And it really started expanding. And then here we are. That's right. Yeah, you know, I think COVID has taught us a lot of things um, as a community and as uh, people, um, but you can't lose hope in, uh, in humanity, you know, and you just got to keep living your life for you, whatever that looks like. Right. I think it's really important. We'll kind of end on that note with humanizing. Yes. Okay. I feel like it's important to everybody who is in my chair, I'm sure, as well as in your chair, to make sure that everybody is a human and they're respected and they feel loved when they come in right. and welcomed. Right. So everybody, you know, just to end on that with being human to each other and kindness goes a long way. That's right. That's right. I mean, I think the one thing that's going to continue helping um, the human race is love, you know. Absolutely. What the, yeah, the true meaning of one love. So tell everybody where to find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at the Jeremy Gandy Experience. Um, I also work at a tattoo studio called Dallas Incorporated, and we work with Dallas Scalp Associates as well. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I've really enjoyed, and it's been very entertaining and interesting to hear what you had to say. Yes, thank you so much. It was a great experience for me as well. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Gums and Gossip and your host, Hope Lloyd. If you liked what you heard, help us spread the word by leaving a review wherever you get your podcast. And tell a friend. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And we'll see you again next time.